Bammers is sponsored by Dead Soxy. Best damn socks in the world. Period. How do you cope with losing? It's just kind of like this pit in your stomach when Alabama loses. If you didn't lose, it wouldn't be fun. I guarantee you, if Alabama won every single game, people would stop watching. We don't lose much here in Tuscaloosa, but when we do, I feel like I'm hosting a funeral. You know, I would say that in the history of our show, some of the most anticipated days have been after an Alabama loss. Alabama loses football games sometimes. Really. It's true. It happens. I've seen it with my own eyes. These days, it doesn't happen often. But when it does, the stakes couldn't be any higher and the loss no more devastating. But that's our fault. The expectation that we put on winning every game only sets us up for a big fall. And sometimes, we struggle to recover. How many different ways can we complain about the play calling or the the bounce of a ball or the kicker or whatever? How many different times do I have to go through that before I'll feel better? If we give up a single touchdown and a 50-point blowout win, you think somebody kicked our dog. So you can imagine what actually losing does to Alabama fans. At the end of the day, I, I would much rather go to the national championship and lose than go to any other bowl game. Losing and winning are events. And what controls or what determines the effect it has on your life is the way that you look at it. There's nearly 100,000 blank looks on the faces in Brian Denny Stadium, unsure of what just happened. That's the worst I've ever felt, leaving a stadium. It made sense that we would lose that game, and we were just an average program. And that is the most hateful thing an Alabama fan can feel, is average. A stillness washes over. A sense of dread settles in. Things shut down. Is it anger? Depression? Confusion? Is it really that bad? But how do you cope when Alabama loses a game? Well, I haven't really had to do it that much lately, which has been nice. But honestly, probably better than you would think. It's way easier now than it was. Those losses at the time in my era were so devastating because we were always so close. We always had an opportunity and we always came up short. Sometimes people have the reaction is it's only worth watching if we win. After the kick six, like, I realized nothing's ever going to be as bad as that. So I shouldn't leave that upset. I'm Ben Flanagan. Welcome to Bammers. For me, it's denial. I play a dangerous game of rationale. I come up with what I think are clear and logical reasons Alabama fell short. Specific plays, busted coverages. Ingram. Football. If it goes through the end zone. Either way. Yep, touchback. Touchback. That was punched from behind, too. If Mark Ingram doesn't fumble through the end zone against Auburn in 2010, Alabama wins. Has to wait on it. Got it. Michael Williams. Which way? Which way? Intercepted. Oh, no. Eric Reed. I thought, sure, that Williams had it. Michael Williams caught that ball against LSU in 2011. Watson. And that was a pick play Clemson ran in 2016. If they had just made that tackle, then this would have happened. 
if they had just caught that pass, then that would have happened. But he didn't. So, yeah. In February, my wife and I had breakfast at the Waysider, one of Tuscaloosa's oldest and most beloved restaurants. Inside this little red house on Greensboro Avenue, there's Alabama football memorabilia everywhere. All over the walls, Daniel Moore paintings stacked on top of each other. It's almost like a timeline of Alabama football history watching you while you eat your pancakes. And one table over, I hear this older gentleman softly venting to his server about the Clemson game. He said, we didn't know it hit us. Almost three months later, this guy isn't over it. And he probably won't get over it anytime soon. And why should he? That one hurt. Bad. And it was different. A blowout loss in the Nick Saban era. That just doesn't happen. So I was actually at the game, and so it was interesting. I mean, I even said to my mom, was, I was like, you know, it's kind of better that we, that we, if we're going to lose, that we lost this way. I mean, obviously it's not great any, any way to lose, but it was like, wow, at least I don't have to stress the whole game, you know, a close back and forth to lose a heartbreaker in overtime or anything. Lacey Sensula is a Birmingham native and grad student at the University of Alabama. She's a diehard fan of the Crimson Tide. But it was just that, that blowout loss that we're not used to. And, I mean, we've seen now in the, in the postseason how many changes that we've now made to our coaching staff and how many revamps we've made. So it's kind of something that we've responded to differently. You know, it's not a loss we're used to. And it's, um, now we've had a different response to it as well. So just kind of working with that and, you know, accepting, hey, Clemson's a really good team. And I'd rather, you know, go to the national championship game and lose than, than you know, win a, a another bowl game that's not as important you know going to national championship is is the most important thing for Alabama fans so you know we can't win them all as much as we would like to and as much as we hope to uh, but at the end of the day I, I would much rather go to the national championship and lose than go to any other bowl game I know that you're a very passionate fan so you put a lot into it and and so if and when Alabama loses I'm guessing that it's it's not a great day so how do you usually cope when Alabama loses a game yeah, so I'd have to say just I do not cope very well. It's just kind of like this this pit in your stomach when Alabama loses. You know, this just this feeling of like what possibly happened because it doesn't happen often. So it's something that you don't get used to. So it's a very foreign feeling, and especially with Alabama, we're so used to winning. It's like every time we lose, it, it's just like the whole fan base implodes. Like you get on Twitter or any of the the fan message boards, and everyone's just freaking out, trying to figure out what happened and how it happened and how to prevent it from happening again. So you kind of, um, I mean, if, if you don't want to be immersed in all that, you've got to take a step back from social media or try and distract yourself from it for a while. But after a loss, it's definitely just this feeling, you know, after you wake up and it hits you and you're like, oh my gosh, what is this terrible feeling? Oh yeah, Alabama lost. It's just something like equal to any other traumatic experience, really. And so what do you do? Like when, when in the immediate aftermath, I mean, are you, do you sit in your seat if you're watching at home? Like, do you just kind of wallow in it for a while? Do you walk uh, contemplatively? Do you not want people to talk to you? What's your, uh, I guess, attitude in the immediate moments following the loss? For the, you know, let's start off with the kick six. I sat there for what seemed like an eternity, but I found out later that, no, we actually like got up like right afterwards and walked right out. And I drove from Jordan-Hare back to Tuscaloosa. And went to Tahoe Casa and ordered about twenty dollars of Tahoe Casa and ate it every dinner. Didn't have to sip the drink, just ate. Hunter Johnson is a lifetime Alabama fan. You know him on Twitter as Hunter L. Johnson. Fortunately, at that time I was living in Texas, so I was able to kind of get away from it. And the same for Ohio State. When we lost to Ohio State, um, I just kind of checked out. I flew back to Texas the next day after the game, and essentially just kind of checked out of college football. I didn't even watch the national championship game after that, even though it was happening about thirty minutes from where I live. 
didn't pay attention to it, you know, found out who won and was like, well, good for them. And just pretty much like did not listen to college football podcast, just kind of got checked out from it for a little while. But the Clemson game, I sat in the stadium for a second and then got up and went and got something to eat. Honestly, I was so amped up, I couldn't really sleep, but I just laid in bed for a while and then woke up and flew home the next day. I just realized that we had just gotten beat. Like, you know, they beat us. It happens sometimes. We probably didn't deserve to win the game. Like, maybe we deserved to win that game, but we probably didn't deserve to win the national championship game the year prior. Like, you look at those two games, we're probably going to win one and lose one of them. It just happens. Uh, how do I cope with it? Well, Ascot Friday is a diehard Alabama fan using an alias on Twitter. It depends on the nature of the loss. It's like, how many conversations is this going to take with my friends and you know, like I always call my dad, how many different ways can we complain about whatever it is, the play calling or the, the bounce of a ball or the kicker or whatever? Uh, how many different times do I have to go through that before I'll feel better? And usually that is, you know, like the 9-6 to six loss, I think it took me a good a good week to get over with all those different conversations. You want to know, I'll tell you what, Ben, the worst feeling I've ever had walking out after a loss. It may not fit into, it's not in the Saban era. And it, and it, it is different than the Saban era losses. And I'll tell you what made it worse. It was 2006 and we were in Knoxville. And I went up there to Knoxville and watched Alabama lose a very average game to a very average team in a very average way. And as we walked out of the stadium, there was no joy in the uh, Tennessee fans, they were very ho-hum about it. It's just kind of on to the next week, not a big deal. And that's the worst I've ever felt leaving a stadium because it made sense that we would lose that game and we were just an average program. And that is the most hateful thing an Alabama fan can feel is average. I mean, you're, you're a lifelong fan and, and you just described a Shula era loss and now we talked about how devastating the Saban era losses, even though it tends to work out. What do you think the difference is right now between a Saban era loss and a Shula era loss and a Franchoni, Dubose, et cetera, et cetera? Like, how do you think that the losses and how you react to them, how do you think that's evolved? A Saban era loss has that feeling for sure that there's a lot at stake. I mean, the kick six happened, and it wasn't just that season. It was... We were going for a three-peat, which had never been done before. So you had that loss feeling. But when we lost to Clemson in the championship game, I realized how cocky this sounds. But my feeling about that was, ah, we'll win next year. You know, we didn't get to win this year. We'll get to win next year. So there's a hope that goes along with the saving loss that, you know, yeah, we just lost something that, that's frustrating, but we're still on top of the mountain. It won't take but one or two more games to figure that out. Franchoni, that was a long time ago, and he was only only here for two seasons. I think it was very similar to a Shula era loss where you're you're just struggling to figure out if we'll ever be great again. And to me, those are way worse. Those are way worse. Auburn last year didn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. It didn't hurt nearly as bad as the kick six where I think I laid on the ground for an hour. Like, that just felt like I got beat up. Nick Reimer is an Alabama graduate who lives in New York. Losing now isn't nearly as devastating. It doesn't take me till like the next Tuesday to feel good again because we're like 
we're always going to be in a game now, and the games we have lost have been mostly like close, incredible football games. It's not like we rolled over and like crashed the bed and lost the game. So at least they're like strong efforts. So it's not it's not nearly as hard anymore to to take a loss. And probably that's like old age and perspective. Part of it's not being a college student where everything's life or death. So it's it's way easier now than it was. Those those losses at the time in my era were so devastating because we were always so close. We always had an opportunity and we always came up short. Here's here's the thing. Cecil Hurt is a sports reporter and columnist for the Tuscaloosa News. Now, Alabama had a tremendous run that, that nobody alive remembers today except in history books. But in the 20s and 30s, they, they had another one in the 60s and 70s. They won a national championship in 1992 and were really good for most of the 90s. Uh, and then this decade, they've been the dominant team in college football. So it's something that, that's not just something that happened one time. You know, it's been an ongoing dynamic for nearly a hundred years. So while that was going on, while, whether you're talking about the 20s and 30s, during the Depression, whether you're talking about the particularly 60s, not only was Alabama successful, but it was really the main thing in the state that you could identify with positively. There, there were certainly other things going on, but let's be honest. If, if Alabama was on the national news in the 1960s, it was probably a civil rights story. It probably wasn't particularly flattering to the state. It, it certainly was you know, a highly contentious time. But if Alabama football came on, everybody in the state could look at it and say, there's something that Alabama is best at, and Alabama can be proud of. So a huge amount of self-esteem, self-worth, got wrapped up into the success of the football team. That's why Coach Bryant was so revered. So when they lose, people take that hard. I think, I think again, there are people in the fan base who, who can deal with it, who are well-adjusted, who understand sometimes you play a better team, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. And then there are people who take it to heart and can't deal with it. And that's that's just different parts of the fan base. Stick around for more Bammers. Step into fall in style. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. This is the first step in dressing for the job you want, not the job you have. From no-shows to the boardroom, or you just want to showcase your own style, Dead Soxy has your feet covered. Go to deadsoxy.com and enter the code BAMMERS at checkout to receive 25% off all orders. I wanted to go a little deeper into this losing mentality. What is really going through our heads when our favorite team falls short? How does that affect our mind and our identity? I connected with Jonathan Fader. He's a leading sports psychologist who has worked in the NFL and Major League Baseball. He wrote the book, Life as Sport, What Top Athletes Can Teach You About How to Win at Life, and founded Sports Strata, a performance coaching group in New York. When you are a fan, one way to explain it is that you become part of a family. And one of the ways to think about that is, you know, people could say, oh, you know, it's just like, you're just a fan, you know, it's not real, you're just watching people you don't know. But, you know, the mind is really powerful. 
and you have an emotional investment. In fact, some of the time, what you're doing is you're investing kind of your your social capital for the week. Oftentimes, it's a connection to a group of fans that you have. Oftentimes, you know, people are razzing each other, uh, you know, on social and and text, and it becomes one way to think of it is it's really almost an artistic expression to be a fan. And the, the thing I think about this too is, if you think about sports, it's sublimated war, right? Like, especially you know, American sports. Really, it's two teams going after it, and you know, in and some teams it's quite literal. It's some sports is quite literal, like boxing or MMA. But it's really gladiators. It's really the best physical uh, humans of our of our culture of our era of Alabama who are going and battling, and it roots back into really days of old where you know you got behind warriors that were protecting you and fighting for you so there is this kind of psychology behind it that gets to the core of human beings in terms of battle and protecting what's theirs and so you know that that's i think what makes it extremely powerful definitely and in, in what are some typical ways that you found fans cope with their favorite team losing well you know i mean first i have to say that you know they don't cope very well and to give you an explanation of that, like there was a study that came out that showed that when there was a, a big loss, you know, a football or a basketball loss in a, in a city, they actually compared the losing and winning city for cardiac events. And they were able to show that, that really statistically there was a, a really strong relationship between a, like a Super Bowl or an NBA loss in a particular city and the elevated heart attack rate. What kind of positive impact do you think losing could have on a fan, if any at all? Like, Do you think it motivates in any way, or, or can it redirect attention or stress onto something that is maybe a little more meaningful in their life? Basically, how can losing help you win at life? Well, I don't think losing can help you win. I think your mindset can help you win. And so it, it, it goes back to the work that we do with athletes. It's not the losing in itself. Right. So losing and winning are events and what controls or what determines the effect it has on your life is the way that you look at it. So, for example, um, let's say I'm working with a basketball player and, you know, they miss like a free throw. And that sort of in some way really impacts or, or changes the momentum of the game. And, you know, people are saying that 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 causes the loss of the game. You know, it's not that event that determines how you know, losing or winning is going to affect that person's career. It depends on their mindset. So if they take that event and they say, wow, you know, like I really wasn't playing at my best. Let me really go and look and see the ways that I can prove um, as a human. Um, I know I can do better. That's a choice. That mindset, that re- that response is a choice versus saying, man, I suck. And that's proof that I, you know, I'm terrible. So similarly, a fan could lose. A fan could lose um, to, you know, like a, a team could have a, a bad season or a, a game could be lost, and a fan could look to all the ways in which the team is terrible, um, which, by the way, I, there's reasons why people do that. Um, or, you know, a fan could look and say, you know, let me think about all the different things that are upcoming, um, and that could be exciting. So that's that's you know, a uh, part of it. The other thing about it is that, you know, and this is the thing I talk about to athletes and fans is like, why are we doing this for the first place? Like, what, what, what's the point of sports? 
It's a good question. It's something that I, I certainly weigh as a, a sports fan, too, as somebody who grew up in Tuscaloosa and in Alabama, obviously, is on this incredibly dominant run. So when a loss happens, it certainly hurts. But I, I guess the the philosophy that I've adopted here is, well, we still have to eat dinner tonight. You know, like it, it's not that big a deal. Like it, it's important for the culture. It can be important for the economy and certainly people's happiness. But life goes on when your team loses, especially a winning team. It's not it, to use the cliche. It's not the end of the world, but it's certainly true. So I, it has different meanings and, and importance uh, to different people. But in the end, it's difficult to weigh just how important it is. And I guess it's not as important when you compare it to other things in your life, like family and, and your job and, and these other things that are not directly uh, linked to sports, right? It's almost like it's, sometimes people have the reaction is it's only worth watching if we win, right? So I'll give you an example. Like you know, Sometimes fans are like, oh, I just spent three hours watching that baseball game for nothing. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. You know, like... You shouldn't watch it all then. You know what I mean? I don't say that, but that's sort of what I think. So when I think about what the point of all this is, like sports are supposed to be about a celebration of life. It's supposed to be about enjoying shit and getting you to feel everything. If you didn't lose, it wouldn't be fun. Like I guarantee you, if Alabama won every single game, people would stop watching. It would, after a while, it would just be like boring. Part of the fun of it is the loss or the near loss and the, and the be able to come back. And that's, that's tough. You know, when you, if you lose a lot, certainly, but that's part of it. No, and, and athletes are the same. If you told an athlete, look, you're guaranteed a home run in every game, that athlete would be, would probably retire from baseball after a few seasons. You know, who wants that? You know, it's just like the excitement is is in the ups and downs of it. And, you know, if not, everybody would like sort of put their lives on auto trade and kind of not, not be engaged. One of the things is to say to yourself, a way to cope to it is to say, hey, we, we need to lose sometimes. That's like part of this whole experience. That w- That's what makes the win fun. If you're not hungry, then food doesn't taste good. Do you think fans in general are too attached to sports? I mean, is it a case-by-case basis? Uh, how, how is it a healthy habit, sports, and, and how could it be unhealthy? Well, like I said, I mean, I think, you know, just take a look at yourself. You know, one of the things that I sometimes do with my friends is I actually videotape them while they're watching things. And they laugh, but they can't believe at how intense they get. And so... What I would say about that is, you know, the, the sports, there's such a protective factor and a, a healthy factor of coming together with humans. That's probably the best thing you could do for your health. Being around humans who you like and like you, right? That's just like, there's science to say that. On the other hand, if you're spending that time tense, it's counteracting that, that right? So, uh, you know, just checking in with yourself and, and doing the thing that athletes do. Make sure that you're breathing. Make sure you're taking a deep breath here and there. You know, if there's a big upset, take a breath. Take a breath before you go to the bar. Take a breath before you, you know, head out into the parking lot. There's no rule that you have to just pack into that line and, you know, mush out of the stadium. You know, like, just take a second to take a breath. You know, really, honestly, in some ways, I go to see a game as a spectator, win or lose. Some of my favorite moments are just sitting in my seat for a second, you know, before I get up. You're going to be sitting in your car anyway. You know, like, why not just sit there and, 
and decompress the same way athletes know how to do. You know, take a minute before you turn on Twitter and, you know, get hazed. For talk radio, it's actually better when Alabama loses a game or they win by a small margin and they stumble and they fumble and, you know, they have mistakes. It's actually better for talk radio. And, I mean, I would probably say the same about all across different platforms in the media. Ryan Fowler is the host of The Game on Tide 102.9 FM in Tuscaloosa. You know, when we talk about beating teams the way that Alabama's beat teams this season, sometimes it creates a little complacency that you can even fill in the fan base. So it's better for business if the games are closer. They're not as blowouts and, you know, Alabama's winning by 40, 50, 60 points, whatever. And so I think that's the, the one area that, you know, people may miss, it, it may be misconceived that, that when you look at Alabama, the games that are closer really is engaging more of the fans, especially if they lose. We don't lose much here in Tuscaloosa, but when we do, I feel like I'm hosting a funeral. I mean, I've said that a couple of times when you talk about losing at Clemson. I mean, I hosted a funeral here in Tuscaloosa for nine months, and we played the what-if game every single day, four hours a day, five days a week, where we played the what-if. What if this would wouldn't have happened, or what if this would have happened? What if this ball would have been caught? What if this pick play didn't happen against you know, Clemson down in Tampa. We played that game, and, and even going back to Auburn, uh, that really stung for a few weeks. But I think once Alabama was invited to the playoffs, that sting was lessened a little bit. On the rare occasion that Alabama loses a game, your show is a place where fans can vent and, and share their grievances. You know, I'm sure many of them using your show as actual therapy. In, in your experience, how do you think Alabama fans typically cope with losing? Well, uh, it happens so rarely, I'll have to search my brain to, uh, to find a point of reference. ESPN radio host Paul Feinbaum. You know, I would say that uh, in the history of our show, some of the most anticipated days have been after an Alabama loss. The kick six game, we were, we were not on the SEC network yet, and ESPNU was doing a test that day of our show. They were going to broadcast two hours. And uh, you may remember this where, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm at the studio and, and the producers came up to me and said, do you want us to plan certain things? I said, no, are you, are you kidding? I said, we're just going to roll with the phones and this is going to be the, the biggest meltdown in the history. So many people tried to call the show at the beginning of the, of the program that they absolutely blew out the, uh, the phone system. But let's say... You know, Alabama loses a random game, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, something like that. I mean, you, you would just you could just see people around the country going, "Man, I got to listen to the show." Um, and yeah, you, you, on those very rare days, and you can count up how many we've had under Saban, the show's in a different gear. I, I will say, I don't have a lot of experience at, at hosting shows talking about a Nick Saban loss. Well, when does that perspective kick in? You know, after that, like when you think. You know, this isn't that important. I know it's important to people for a variety of different reasons, important to the community, etc. But at what point does that, for lack of a better term, grief start to sort of go away and life goes on? I think it just all matters, the different aspects of life and where you're at it, at, at a certain stage of life. I'm sure it's easier for you know, folks with kids. They can just be like, well, I'm really going to put in my dad time right now. Um, I know friends who talk about that. Like, once we lose, they're like, okay, at least I have my family. I've got these beautiful kids here. I'll just you know, really invest myself in them. Which I'm sure you get that a little bit too, Flanagan. Hunter Johnson. I mean, 
to me, yeah, just that matters where you're at in life. And, I, and to me, I'm normally pretty good. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say that it, it lingers with me now. Ever since the kick six, and the kick six did linger for a while. It, it stayed with me. But other than that one, I would say, like, normally within a week, I'm good. I'm good to go. And, it, and, it's, and I don't know when that, I guess the kick six, after the kick six, like, I realized nothing's ever going to be as bad as that. So I shouldn't be that upset. Once I get over the denial, I find it's best to come face-to-face with it, scrutinize it until I'm numb to the pain. I actually find it therapeutic. It takes the power away from the loss and the trolls who relish it whenever Alabama goes down, and it makes me feel better. But that was a pick play, and if Alabama would just rush four on Trevor Lawrence, he wouldn't have all day and we would have won another national championship. In the kick six, it was just a freak accident. It wasn't like a real loss. We didn't play our best game that Thanks day. to Jonathan we Fader, Ascot Friday, Lacey Sensula, Paul Feinbaum, Ryan Fowler, Cecil Hurt, Hunter Johnson, and Nick Reimer. Join us as we continue our deep dive into Alabama football's fascinating fan culture on Bammers. Bammers is produced and hosted by Ben Flanagan for AL.com. You can find all episodes and other bonus content on iTunes, Google Play, and at AL.com slash Bammers. Additional audio from CBS and ESPN. Thanks for listening. Tired of dress socks that won't stay up? No shows that slip in your loafer? Dead Soxy has applied its patent-pending technology to ensure you don't have to experience either of those issues. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. Visit deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And enter the code BAMMERS at checkout to receive 25% off all orders.